boom, and we're recording. Hi, everybody. It's me, the Throat Goat, Mike Falzone, and I'm here with another one of them block rocking beats, you pieces of shit. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry this podcast is late. As you know, if you keep up with any of us at all, we have been traveling to the eastmost coast. We had a live dynamic banter in Boston and Brooklyn. And I'm struggling as to whether or not to talk about that on this show because I know for a fact that me and Steve are going to talk about it tomorrow, tomorrow being Thursday. Fuck, it's already Wednesday. The show normally comes out on Monday. I'm sorry that it hasn't come out yet. Zoya is busy back to work. Um, I know me and Steve are going to talk about the shows tomorrow. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about... I had a stand-up show in Bridgeport, Connecticut at the brand new Park City Music Hall, which is the new and rejuvenated and built-out version of what was the Acoustic Cafe the place where I learned how to play music as a small teenager badly and then better as the years went on. Amazing to see that place the way it is now. Really, really, really crazy and um, just great. It, it was such a little hole in the wall cafe that we all love so much um, and went to religiously for weeks and weeks. Entire summers were spent there at open mic, getting to know other people and, and trying to be better with my little crybaby wah-wah acoustic joints. And eventually it worked out. And I'm just so... I was the first stand-up show in the new um, version of the place. And, dude, they... Um, it was uh, so John Torres is the primary owner right now, and his he has a partner, um, Eric. And I want to say Alex. And I'm so fucking sorry if that's not his name, but Alex, or at least who I will be calling Alex for the next 45 minutes, uh, has a background in theatrical stage design and they since it was my homecoming show they took all of the um furniture out of the green room and set up the stage to look like a home a living room and it was so fucking awesome and uh i want to thank the openers uh chris and jimmy mcdonald both of which did an amazing job and it was a great night, and all of the shows sold out, and we pressured you guys for months. We said it's going to look really good if these shows sell out. It's going to look good for the history, for the future road of dynamic banter, and what we get to do going forward always looks good for me personally if you come out and sell out the shows that I do stand-up-wise, and you guys did both of those things, and thank you so much. If you listen to this show and you came because you heard it on the show, thank you so much. I will ask you to please follow suit for this Friday, which is surrounded at the world-famous Hollywood Improv all night. 7.30 is the early show. That will roll seamlessly into the late show at 9.45, 
You could see crowd work comedy all night. Come be a part of that circle. That show has been selling out. You could stay all night. You buy a ticket for the early show. Stay all night. Drink with us. Have a good time. So many good comics on that bill. Byron Bowers. Um, Moses Storm. Avra Friedman. Um, dude, I, I booked a bunch of people yesterday. It's going to be fucking awesome. My little sister, Caitlin Allen, will be there. And a bunch of other fucking awesome people. Just come. I'll be there. King of Hollywood will hopefully be there unless he gets too high and falls asleep on the couch. Listen, Lex and Leah, who are both killing it triumphantly uh, as the team behind uh, Welcome to Our Podcast, asked you, viewing audience, for questions for me since Zoya's not here. I don't know if you can see on the wide shot. No, Zoya. What's a boy to do? Ask you for questions. That a boy to do. And I'm going to go through these and I'm going to answer your questions. I have a couple on Twitter. We got a couple on IG. Um, on Twitter, you could always ask us questions at Welcome Pod. Follow us there. Uh, Leah's always posting cool shit. Lex is always posting cool shit on Instagram, Twitter, and Instagram, in case I didn't say that. Uh, at Welcome Pod on Twitter. At Welcome to Our Podcast with little underscores in between on IG. You could always ask us questions there. Get updates about merch, updates about shows, art from the shows, forwarders from me and Zoya's life. Uh, and so I think that's pretty much it. As far as shows go, every Wednesday night, if you're in LA, I have a show. Either somewhere else or at Extra Sauce, which is normally at the Comedy Nook on Melrose. Why does Melrose sound familiar? That's the street that um, the improv is on. Uh, we'll be at the improv this Friday for Surrounded all night. Gotta come. Little sip. Someday I'm gonna sploosh coffee all over this fucking place. And you guys are gonna hate it. And I'm so sorry. Questions for the podcast. Kaz13. Says, as a photographer, what do you think is the best photo you've ever taken? That is an incredibly hard question to to answer. Um, I really like, I kind of bore myself sometimes because I take pictures of, of stuff because most of the time it's, it's just me exploring around, especially during the pandemic when I would wake up with the morning sun um, and walk around my neighborhood and try to find interesting, uh, combinations of light and stuff, you know, it's like still life stuff and, um, the way the sun comes up over whatever, the way the sun comes through certain surfaces. Um, I, that was a really cool tip that I found, um, early into my photography career is you got to find where light meets stuff and that's normally it creates interesting things and it's really um it's not constant because especially when you're dealing with sunlight it's like the sunlight's gonna 
Sorry, I thought I heard the door knock. Not that I'm above leaving the podcast and going to see what's happening. Maybe not the best way to conduct a podcast to just get up in the middle of it. Anyway, uh, especially where sunlight meets stuff, it's kind of a finite amount of time you get to work with that thing. So um, I take a lot of pictures of stuff like that. I would say some of my favorite pictures of stuff is probably in, oh, oh, I know, maybe this is easier than I thought. There's a set of pictures that I really like that are actually for sale if you go on my Mike Photography Instagram page. There's a link where you could buy some of my my prints and uh, Pike Place Market in Seattle is one of my favorite fucking places to take pictures in the universe because I love that place very much. When we go visit my brother and sister in Seattle, shout out Tim Teresa. It's just a fucking beautiful place. And especially when the sun is setting, it just comes through that place. So cool. It's a, like a farmer's market on the water and it's old and it's beautiful. And I love it there. Another one of my favorite places, as I talk about ad nauseum is, uh, the central coast of California, like Cambria, Morro Bay, um, St. Louis, St. Louis Abisbo. Those are, you know, some of my favorite places in the world. I love taking pictures there. And then in LA, I get to do creative stuff with, um, kind of quick, uh, portraits that I do after taking pictures at a show. You can only take so many pictures of somebody with a fucking microphone in their hands doing stand up, And there are people who are very good at it. Um, just off the six, Andrew Max Levy, um, Van Corona is incredible at it. Really good at capturing moments. You know, when I first started taking pictures of stand-up comedians and people performing, it's like you want to get good light. That's hard enough as it is. People are always moving a lot. People are always moving around. All comedy clubs are dimly lit, and it's very hard to just get a good exposure. And then once you master that, you start looking for like moments and it's not just someone like holding a microphone with their mouth half open, whatever you start looking for like right after a joke, if a comedian's holding an act out something that doesn't just look like a thousand pictures of somebody holding a microphone. And that's the difference between a good live. You see it a lot with, uh, you know, they're amazing um, music photographers too, like live band photographers. There's a difference between somebody fucking holding an instrument and somebody really capturing a moment in a, um, in a photo. So I've been trying to get better at that. I would say fucking around with light and doing the, a portrait right after somebody comes off stage has, has been some of my favorite things there. And then you see people, uh, use your photos for, you know, flyers or, or, um, you know, tour announcements or, or whatever. It makes you feel real nice. It makes me feel good to help my coworkers feel good about themselves. And there's a lot of shit talked, probably shouldn't talk about this, but I have no one to be like, don't talk about that. There's a lot of shit talked online about photographers who don't get the best pictures of comedians, um, especially female comedians on stage, either the shot is too low and you have a double chin or whatever. 
And the point is to flatter the subject and to give them something that they could be proud of and that makes them look like they feel on stage. And you got to remember that you're dealing with photographers of all different skill levels. And some people just haven't been doing it and they don't know to look for moments. And they're trying so hard to just master the first part, which is like the lighting and getting a good exposure and maybe what they actually see and what comes out isn't at the forefront in their mind because they're just kind of learning. Also, I'll say there are no photographers who aren't trying their best and no one is trying to make anybody look bad. So, you know, I know what it's like to have bad pictures taken of you and you just don't put them anywhere and they go into a folder in your computer and you forget about them forever and always. Amen. But I will say no one is ever, ever, ever trying to make you look bad. Everyone's so happy to be there. A lot of times they're way underpaid for the amount of time it takes to come out and do photographs and edit and no one sees that shit especially people who have no background in photography no one sees the hours and hours and hours that go into you know teaching yourself how to edit watching tutorials online to try to get better editing when the lighting is fucking terrible and a thousand different colors and trying to pull the best image out of what is normally a shitty group of photos. But then you have people like uh, Liz, Liz Vig, Liz Vajario, who is another awesome um, photographer, comedy photographer here in LA, an amazing portrait photographer, just great photographer all around who will shoot, you know, I, I was at the point where I was shooting like a thousand photos a night and then delivering a couple hundred and Liz will go out and shoot like a hundred photos, 200 photos, stomach noise, haven't eaten in a day and, um, she'll deliver, uh, maybe way less, but they'll all be bangers because that's what happens after a while. You go out and you shoot a ton and then you're like, well, this is, it's too many to go through and edit. And then you get so good that you shoot way less and you still come out with a great product. Anyway, I got way off track and you just asked me about my favorite sh photos to shoot. I shouldn't have started talking about anybody else, but it just gets me upset sometimes that people, they think that people are out to make them look bad or that. You know, you're getting these photos for free and people are at different levels, different skill levels. And I'll just say that everyone's trying their best to make you look good, I promise. And uh, let's just go to the next. Be patient with everybody. Jesus Christ. Aaron Pie asks, what's your favorite meal? My mom actually cooked my favorite meal when we went home. There's this dish called Chicken Divan that she has been cooking forever. Um, I'll tell you a funny story about that in a second. Got to cross my fingers to remember, but it's basically it's grilled chicken and it's breadcrumbs and cheese. And there's like a cream of chicken. There's a little bit of mayonnaise. I never knew about that until she just told me recently, but it's kind of like a casserole and broccoli and it's amazing. And it tastes like my childhood. It's my favorite thing she used to make. And I haven't had it in years. And also like, I think it's kind of like a family recipe type thing. Cause I've never seen it in a restaurant. I don't know what origin. I just thought it was an Italian thing that we did, but, um, it's always amazing. And it's like comfort food. 
and uh, <laughs> and she cooked it for me when I was home, uh, me and my family, and I was so thankful. My mom makes a bunch of banger shit that I, I can never figure it out, and then I ask her about it. She's like, it's so easy, and I'm like, but I'm an idiot, and you have to keep that kind of shit in mind. Kind of disrespectful. <laughs> you forget that I'm an idiot, but explain it to me like I'm six, and I'll, I'll do my best. I'm also trying to do my best. My nose is a little stuffy. I'm trying not to swallow in the microphone. I'm trying to do my best to not gross you guys out. And I'm so sorry. Always. Uh, what else? Good pizza. It was great to have good pizza going back home. Me and Steve talk ad nauseum in New York about some great pizza we had in New York. Some banger slices. We had Soho Place. I think it's called. Soho Place or Solo Soho Place in Brooklyn. We had some Sicilian pizza. And hot and fresh out of the oven. It was amazing. And dude fucking um, makes the cheese every morning himself. Makes the dough every morning. And it was outstanding. Check it out if you're in New York. That's me, yeah. Oh, funny story about Chicken Divan. One day, my mom sent me to college. I was a senior, junior or senior? Senior in college. And my mom sent Chicken Divan for my birthday, I think. And one of my roommates, who I did not like at all, I pissed on his bedpost once when I was drunk. That's my bad, but that has nothing to do with this. He ate the food that my mom sent for me for my birthday. So I took his bike and I strung it up the flagpole in the middle of campus. And this was the bike that he took everywhere to all of his classes. And I said, fuck this dude. And I, I, um, rode his bike to the middle of campus and I strung it up the flagpole and security pulls up and they're like, what are you doing? And now they have known me by this point. I knew all of security cause I almost got thrown out of school freshman year and you live and learn, don't you? And I was a real piece of shit, but you live and learn. And they all knew me and they knew as long as I wasn't doing expellable things, they, we really had no problem with one another. We spent a lot of time together. So I knew them all by name. And one of them comes up to me. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I don't think I even looked back at them and they were flashing their lights. And I said, I'm stringing this motherfucker's bike up the flagpole because he did me wrong. And I'm very Italian. And uh, and I did it. And I think they even helped me. They were like, you have to do it like this. And then I did it. And I think we took pictures, but digital cameras were ass basket Johannes in uh, 2005. So we didn't get any good pictures of it. I swizzle 84 asks, is there anything you've done this year outside of your comfort zone? You know, I have, as a lot of you know, I've had some stints in the hospital where I didn't know if I was coming out of the hospital. Hospital is the worst place in the world. And it's kind of like a prison for your body and your soul. And they help you and it's great. But being in there against, you know, no one wants to be in there. And when you're in there kind of against your your mind's will when you're just kind of trapped in your body and your body is not well, you have to be in there. 
I think about that all the time when I go out with this COVID stuff. And COVID's so weird because no one knows exactly how it's going to affect them. You don't know if you're going to have a mild case, a completely asymptomatic case. You don't know if you're going to pass it on to somebody else and have them be in a situation where they have to go to the worst place in the world. Um, and I'm always curious about, I wonder how many of the people who really don't think it's a big deal and really kind of throw all caution to the wind. I wonder what percentage of those people have ever had like terrible, terrible stints in the hospital. And I think about that a lot, but being a person who has had terrible, terrible stints in the hospital, I think about that all the time. I don't want to get COVID, you know, knock on wood. I haven't yet stuffy now. So we'll see. (laughs) God forbid, but you know, Going on a plane and being in a disgusting fucking airport like Newark Airport, hell's dirty asshole Newark Airport. Um, I always worry and we try to be as safe as possible, but you still got to live your life. I hate that I had basically a great year of my life taken from me and all of us haven't we? And the more I travel around the country, I see how pandemic was different. Like pandemic in Texas was way different than LA. LA, we were pretty much shut down. Texas was pretty much like they were worried for two weeks and then they were like, we're over it. Florida, kind of similar thing. And then I go back to Connecticut and it was kind of right smack dab in between. So this country is an amazing, weird and wonderful place. Um, Depending. And, um, it's just, uh, weird. So anyway, uh, things out of my comfort zone include going out of the house all the time, but you got to do things out of your comfort zone to grow. Um, and you got to experience life and, um, so important to have a well-rounded worldview and to meet other people and interact with people who maybe don't live like you and don't believe the same things that you do because I've seen it even in the comedy scene man it's so everything's a bubble there's a thousand different bubbles that people stay in voluntarily where they're like fuck this fuck that and fuck you know um whatever and then they hang out with the people who echo the same shit over and over again, and it becomes a really toxic, really narrow-minded environment. And I think the best people that I know go out of their comfort zones all the time and hear other people out and respect other people if they're getting respect in return and uh, aren't afraid to have conversations and to see how uh, the other half lives, so to speak. And there goes my phone, and I'm so sorry. Uh, Swizzle asked so many questions. So we're going to try to blow through the rest of these. What are some things you hope to do before 40? I want to travel more. I want to keep doing shows and traveling more. Man, Dynamic Banter Live was so much fun. I want to keep doing that. You know, I feel like a broken record, but being stuck inside for a year and, and now being able to go out and to meet people again and to perform in front of people. I want to keep growing my audience and our audience. And I want to play to bigger places for bigger groups of people. 
I want to play to smaller places for really intense groups of people, like at the Corner Comedy Club in in um, Toronto, Canada. That's the first place that sticks in my mind. It's like doing you could do one big show to four or five hundred people, and that's awesome, or more, God willing, or you can do ten fucking intense shows to 35, 40 people crammed in a room. And I, I want everybody to be safe and healthy, but I want all of it performing. Dude. Um, I just want to keep I, this answer could be very long, but the shortest possible version is I want to keep growing. I want to be the best that I could possibly be from a stand up comedian standpoint. I want to have bigger and better opportunities in, in stand-up. I want to make a name for myself so I can go everywhere and have people come out everywhere. Um, you, you guys who come out to the shows, um, you're really such a special group of, of people. And other comedians tell me all the time that... Uh, you're just, you're amazing. You're great. You're fucking respectful and you, you get it and you treat other people with respect. And I don't know why all these other people's experience with their, their fans or people who come out is maybe a mixed bag sometimes, but you know, I really lucked out. Why do I fucking get emotional when I'm doing these? I got to go to therapy probably. I'm just very thankful for you guys. And you're fucking, you're great. And uh, I get to meet you guys all the time. And it's, it's, it's all I've ever wanted is to be able to do fun stuff uh, with a cool group of people. And you're that group of people. God damn. Fuck you guys. Eat a dick. <laughs> Eat dicks. So uh, I want to do more of that. Any new fun projects on the horizon? There's one thing in particular that I just found out about that I can't wait to tell you about. And I hate when people are like, oh, this is great. And I can't tell you about it yet, but I can't. And um, I will be able to soon, though. And it has to do with the Surrounded show. And I can't stress this enough. Come to the Surrounded show. It's not like any other show that you've ever seen. It's fucking awesome. And it's a unique experience. And you're part of the show no matter where you're sitting in the room. And you got to come out. And I can't stress it enough. And there's cool things going on with that. And I'll be able to tell you soon. I can't wait for that. When you visit CT, does it ever make you homesick? You know what's crazy is... It doesn't make me homesick. It makes me appreciative about where I grew up. You know, we miss the fall and it's kind of early winter right now. So even after, you know, we were driving home from Newark Airport and it took us like fucking six hours to get home or whatever the fuck it was. It was terrible. And we went from 95 to the the Wilbur Cross to the Merritt Parkway. And on the Merritt Parkway, it's two lanes. If you're in traffic, you're fucked. Anyone in the Northeast knows what I'm talking about, especially Connecticut. And it's mostly 
through woods. And I think one of the reasons why it's still two lanes and they won't do nothing about it is because it's really beautiful. And I don't think people want to fuck with that, even though there's more people now and you got to expand with the world. Um, but, uh, we were driving home and me and Zoya were talking about how even though there are no leaves on the trees and it's very gray and all the leaves are dead and the trees are bare, it's still fucking beautiful. And it's not beautiful like it's beautiful out here. I've been so fortunate to be able to travel all around the country and see the beautiful parts of pretty much every state and Canada and Mexico and even going over to England and London, there's beautiful parts of, of everywhere. Except maybe Pennsylvania. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. It just takes too long to drive through Pennsylvania. Anyway, boring as shit. Anyway, um, no offense, but be prettier. <laughs> Not to state shame, but um, um, it, it doesn't make me homesick. I, I go home and I experience my hometown and I see all of what was there that's still there. And I see shit that isn't there. And I see, see shit that's demolished. And, you know, they're real picky in Connecticut and in Stratford calling out my hometown about the shit that goes in there sometimes. And they're like, well, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want Stratford to become this part of it or Milford or, or Shelton or whatever. We want to be uniquely Stratford. And then they tear some shit down and they make like a fucking giant eyesore that is, you know, they put another Walmart in there or fucking um, like a giant storage building it's just dirt trash it's dirt trash and uh but they're you know they leave some parts uh beautiful and and what it was Re there's a lot of really really old shit in Stratford and it's beautiful there's a lot of beautiful shit there everywhere that's everybody's hometown you got a lot of beautiful stuff you got a lot of old stuff like i think about around here you know they do a lot of gentrifying obviously and you know it is whatever it is i don't know enough to speak on most of that stuff and then i think about places like burbank and people talk a lot of shit about burbank but i love driving down magnolia or burbank boulevard where you have these old signs that are from like you know the 60s or the 70s and that's just cool it's cool and important to leave shit like that and to have these like historically protected places that are old. It's, you gotta see, you can't, everything can't be a fucking Chick-fil-A or a fucking um, Starbucks or this like weird, a bar that is made to look like rustic and brand new at the same time. Everything can't be that. Some shit has to be old and you gotta protect shit like that. So I love going back. I love seeing shit. I love seeing how things have stayed the same. Um, and I like seeing the, the new improvements. I don't mean to sit here and, and talk shit about everything. But it's a mixed bag, man. You go home once a year. We used to go home a lot more, obviously. Then the pandemic hit and we couldn't go home for like two years. And even in two years, a lot of shit changes. But um, 
you know, I drive past my old schools and I feel old and I, I wonder what they're like inside. And I drive past places we used to hang out that aren't there anymore, like fucking riding in shopping carts in a Bradley's parking lot. And Bradley's doesn't even fucking exist anymore. So it just all changes. And you got to be open to um, that. Because change is inevitable and people and things are going to keep changing and uh, you're going to die. Uh, Olivia Sienna says, can you guys adopt me? Maybe. It's not completely out of the question. Are you clean? Do you keep yourself clean? Are you a piece of shit? I don't want to adopt any kind of a piece of shit. I don't have, I don't want to try to like redo somebody's personality. So hit me back. Nerdy dude Sinanine says, who gave you the right to look that good? Good question. I didn't look good for a long time and now I look perfect. I'm an Adonis and you have to, um, I actually don't, I'm in the middle of trying to lose 30 pounds. I, that's my challenge to myself. And before we left for home, I had lost five pounds and trying to do cardio every day. And I, I need to get some heavier weights. We have some dumbbells here, but I need to get some heavier ones to shape my body. And I need to keep doing 45 minutes to an hour cardio every day. I need to eat a little better. I haven't been overeating, which is very nice. That's a problem for me because I fucking love eating. If you were, dude, when we went, when we went for these shows, these are like big boy shows and they booked by a management company. Some of them, the DB shows, and then the venue will reach back out and they're like, hi, I'm the, you know, talent talent coordinator what do you want on your rider and i'm like water and peanut m&ms love me some peanut m&ms and then we obviously don't eat them all in that night because gluttonous and then i take them home and right now we in the freezer we have a king size bag of peanut m&ms and if you're sitting there right now fucking people like felicia shimbari and i'm calling you out right now you and your mom who talk shit about my favorite candies like snickers dude i could eat a basket of snickers Every night. And if you're sitting there being like, ugh, peanut M&M's, suck dicks and leave and go listen to another podcast or don't. And I'm happy to have you. Anyway, didn't mean to be that rude off the rip. I love all you guys. Felicia, you're one of my favorite people in the world. I want your mom to adopt me. And I've told her that to her face. And I'm bringing Snickers and you can't kick me out of the house. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I could sit down with a king size bag of Snickers and devour that. Give me an hour with a king size bag of Snickers, and you would think somebody just <laughs> opened it and poured it out. And like, what happened to all these? I could Hoover vacuum those things. Ow, wow, 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 Spill peanut M and M's all over your floor and I will Roomba the fuck out of your entire house. And I know I'll pick up some other things and that's not good or healthy, but I'm going to get all those penis M&Ms. So I'm trying not to do that anymore. And I'm trying to lose 30 pounds. I lost five before I got to Connecticut and then I put back on three. So I'm down two pounds. Me and my friend J.F. Harris, who's another very funny comedian, are trying to lose weight together. 
and I know I'm not perfect right now, but you wait until I lose 30 pounds. I'm going to look like a hand model. <laughs> Yo, if that's the, the clip that gets captioned by Leah, I can't wait to see how she spells the vacuum sounds. Anyway, Riffs and Mountains asks, I'll be visiting LA for Christmas. Got any shows from December 18th to the 23rd? Well, let's see. Let's open up the calendar crapication. You're going to be here from the 13th. I'll be in a podcast on the 13th. 14th, I have a show in the improv lab. 15th, I have a show extra sauce. That's a Wednesday at the comedy nook. Rest of it's pretty open right now. 20th, we're getting closer. A lot of these get filled week of 22nd. Uh, I have two shows, Improv Lab and on the same street, The Comedy Nook. 24th, 25th, you're going to be here until when? 23rd. Yeah, so I got a bunch of shows. I always advertise for my shows that have a flyer in the stories of my Instagram. So always watch my story, especially if you're trying to catch me live. Sometimes, like last night, I headlined a show, headlined a show last night that I, I didn't even, that morning, I didn't have a show. That night, I got offered two shows and I couldn't make both of them. But um, so sometimes it just bees like that. Now that things are more open. Uh, I could have a show at the drop of a hat. So if you're in town and you're like, Mike, where are you at? Check my shows. Ben Putch just texted me. And uh, I'm going to call him because he's a listener of the podcast. And I'm going to tell him we can't talk right now. Ben Putz has a brand new podcast with Felicia Shambari. And we'll shout it out in a second. Oh, that's easy. Hey, Ben. Hi, I have to tell you, one, you're on speakerphone, and two, you're on the podcast, Welcome to Our Podcast. Oh, well, hey, it's great to be here on Welcome to Our Podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm doing it myself because Zoya is at work, and you know me when I do these by myself. I'm really struggling, and I'm out of breath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work yourself up. And me and you are trying to figure out some shows to do in whatever middle of the country state you live in that I keep forgetting. I want to say Nebraska. That is correct. Yes, we are trying to do shows in Nebraska. So what is your surrounding areas? What's your what's your pitch for coming to Nebraska? All right, here's my pitch for coming to Nebraska. I think we would have so much fun and I think you need to experience what comedy in the Midwest and Nebraska is like because for the most part, people out here haven't seen stand-up, so they think it's like a magic trick every time. Oh, I can't wait. They're going to think I'm great. Oh, they're going to think you're so good, dude. Or they're going to think... Gonna come in? Or they're going to think I'm weird because I, I wear a barrette. Um, yeah, that could be too. It depends on where we go. It, could, it depends on where we go. There are some places where you might get beat up, but like, <laughs> you told me that there's one place that's legitimately a shelter from tornadoes. Yes, that is the uh, storm cellar. Yeah, that's where we uh, do comedy at. Okay, so when do you want to do this? I want to do this the third week in April. Okay, so. 
There is something that I'm waiting for in April, and I don't know exactly when it's going to be, but when I get done with this, I will check dates, and it it would be in Austin in April, so maybe there's a way I could string them both together somehow, because that is in the middle of the country, and you're in the middle of the country. Oh, fuck yeah. The United fuck States of America. Away. Yes. So um, I need to figure out when that is. And then I will let you know. But that's the only thing holding me back. I know uh, I told you that I want to do this and that all we have to do is decide on a date and I'm there. And I think that you're very funny. And I think that if anyone listening to this right now is in the middle of the country, for whatever reason, you need to go see Ben hide from tornadoes and say jokes. Also, um, you just started a podcast with my friend Felicia, your friend and mine. Yes, yes, yes. And I want I'll you to you later. to talk about that. Spell you later, it's called. Uh, yes, spell you later. It's a podcast with me and Felicia, both. Uh, I would say veteran. Welcome to our podcast, uh, listeners. Yes, I'd agree with uh, that. And yeah, we're doing a podcast because we found out we had very similar childhoods and uh, are completely different people now. Interesting. Like almost polar opposites. Now you guys are both witches. Uh, so she is a witch and, uh, I'm a bitch. And so that's kind of cool that you're both that, that self-aware. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It's basically just Felicia shocked at my existence and me being shocked at Felicia's existence. And then both look going, yeah, but Sunday school, that was crazy, right? Yeah. So you both come very, from very religious backgrounds. Oh dude, I'm having a light problem right now as you do. And I hate this and I got to figure it out. But um, so go check out uh, their new podcast, Spell You Later, mm-hmm. uh, spelled like it sounds. And uh, I love you both very much. I think that you're terrific people and uh, very lucky to, to call you both friends. And I can't wait to come out with you. And man, this light thing is really pissing me off. And we're going to have a great time. <laughs> Um, when I'm finally out in Wyoming or wherever the fuck you are, we're going to have a great time. I'll bring all my hair. And, um, let me ask you this. Are you still kind of working off a one mug single guy system in your house? Oh, Mike, it's gotten so much worse. It's gotten so much worse. I'm in the office again. And so it's back to my mug from the office. Okay. I never wash. Well, Ben, I got to tell you that's disgusting and I'm going to hang up, but I love you so much. Love you too, man. Have a good That was Ben. <laughs> the dude doesn't wash his mug. It's not a griddle. You're not obtaining more flavor from letting coffee grounds sit in the bottom of your fucking your shit. I'm gonna have to fix this light situation and there's no one to God damn. I'm sorry that this is happening. Let me try to fix this real quick. I'll try to go fast. There's no good way to do this because there's nothing that I should have kept Ben on so he could talk to you. Listen, fuck. I got to fix it. I have to. I got to fix it. All right. So if you can hear me, I think you can hear me a little bit. I'm walking around because if you're watching the video right now, which some of you don't even do, so you won't even appreciate what we're doing. I'm walking around. I'm taking this. Oh, the light's just overheating. Great. So I don't want it to break completely. So I'll now unplug this light. I'll turn this one up a little bit, probably changing all the settings on the camera. Ooh, let me 
lighting settings. And now we're back and I'm over here. How do I look in that camera? Absolutely fine. And we're back and I'm sorry if that was awkward or bad. That was Ben. I wonder if Ben likes Snickers. I'm going to call him up real quick. This is my friend Ben Potts. Comedian Ben Potts. Group administration, my name is Ben. Ben, I was just wondering if you have a coffee mug available and how clean it is. No, I'm just kidding. I have one quick question. I don't mean to take you away from your work. Oh, please do. Um, Do you... Enjoy Snickers. Have we ever had this conversation? Oh, Mike, I'm about to hurt your feelings. Okay, bye, Ben. Um, so fuck, fuck me, and I'm alone. And uh, I wasn't even about to ask him about um, uh, peanut M and M's because, God forbid, I'm gonna call Felicia, and I'm gonna ask her what she thinks of peanut M and M's. Because if this is over two, then I'm gonna be f- fucking furious. Man, this is a fun show so far. Hello. Hi, Felicia. Um, Hi. This is your friend Mike Falzone. Hi, Mike Falzone. And I have to tell you that you're currently on speakerphone and that you're on Welcome to Our Podcast. And is that all right? Oh, good. That is fine. Do you have a minute? I have a minute, yes. So I just talked to your friend and mine, Ben Putz. Okay. Who lives in Colorado or wherever the fuck he lives. Nope, not that one. Doesn't matter. Anyway, you guys have a brand new podcast called Spell You Later, and we talked all about it, and I'm very excited for you both. And I haven't listened to it yet, and I can't say that I will, but I am very excited, and I will download the episodes and let them play at a low volume while I'm doing something else. Okay. I mean, that's all I can really ask for. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, and I'm realizing now that if the answer is incorrect, it might be... I'll really have to dig around to see if there's any redeeming qualities to our friendship. <laughs> Okay. Because you know how I feel about your divisive stance on Snickers bars, and I don't even want to talk about it. Don't even react to what I just said. <laughs> and your mom, and I hope she's listening. And the last I thing I want to say... What? I thought you guys made peace. Me and your mom did make peace, even though yeah. I have a hard time letting go of the past, and I think that you know that. <laughs> I do. I wanted to ask you if we've ever had this conversation... How do you feel about peanut M&M's? I love peanut M&M's. Okay. I love you, Felicia. I love you too. And I hope you have a great day and I wish you and Ben all the best. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Have- oh, Felicia, do you know he's still doing <laughs> okay. the mug thing? I, you know, it's, it's going to be a problem in our friendship and uh, I just try to ignore it because otherwise... I don't think I could look at him. He says it's even worse now because he's back at work and he has one mug that he takes between work and home. Benny, if you're listening, I'm going to buy you a mug for Christmas. He's not going to use it. You know that. I'm going to buy you several mugs. (laughs) Everybody buy Ben a mug and send them to fucking Wyoming or wherever the fuck Ben lives. All right. I love you very much. 
I love you too. Bye. That was Felicia and Ben, and they're great, and they're very talented, and two of the best people that I've gotten to meet through the majesty of this podcast. Let's keep doing these. I don't think that I'm going to get to the Twitter questions this time. That means we'll try to answer them next week. I'm going to try to blow through the rest of these. I see ones about pizza, and it instantly made me want pizza. Not helping my weight loss goals. Uh, how is you and Zoya's tattoo experience? Awesome. My friend George hurt my fingers on purpose because I cheated on him and I went to another tattoo artist and I deserved it. And when he was putting the, I don't know what it's called. It's not cellophane, but when he was putting this like medical clear wrap on my fingers, he pushed down on all of my fingers to lock in the freshness. I can only assume, but that's George, and I love him very much in his family. What is the weirdest thing to happen to you on your trip? When we got to Newark Airport, we got there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Check-in is not open. Security is not open. I went to go find the bathroom. Cops were in the bathroom arresting a homeless guy who was doing needle drugs in the bathroom. And they kept saying, put it down, put it down. And then when they were getting the guy out of there, they were like, back up. When we went in there... It was the worst smell that I've ever smelled in my life. I smelled a smell and I have my mask on and I'm pulling my hoodie up over my face and it smelled like somebody shit a dead animal. And I know that there are circumstances and you're not supposed to say shit like that. I'm just saying the experience that I had, I didn't ask for this either. So it was the worst smell I smelled in my whole life and the smell went into my body and I felt it in different parts of my body. And that's the most accurate way I could describe it. And that was the weirdest thing that happened. I think that was the weirdest thing. Yes, by far, that was the weirdest thing that happened. And then he, don't go to Newark Airport for whatever reason. Ian says, favorite pizza topping, not cheese or pepperoni. Well, cheese is barely a pizza topping because it wouldn't be pizza without cheese. Pepperoni is great. I love a meatball pizza. My favorite combination of toppings, especially if we have to go to a place like Domino's, is Italian sausage and jalapeno peppers. Crispy, crisp, crispy, Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. Crispy said, asks. Crispy said, asks. <laughs> Don't have a name like Crispy Says and ask me a question. Crispy Says. Crispy Said asks. Where do I get a phenomenal coat? Where do I get that phenomenal coat Mike Falzone is wearing? I, I went home and when we got to my parents' house, my neighbor Tony delivered my the mail that he had been picking up for my parents while they were away because they came to visit us for Thanksgiving. They were out here for about a week and then we went back to Connecticut with them. My mom, prior, her, prior, prior to her trip, ordered a coat off of QVC, which I didn't know still existed. And it's an oversized, I don't even know what material that would be, like a wool. It looks like wool, but it's not that heavy an oversized like George Harrison on the roof during the get back documentary coat and she put it on and it's like a giant blanket 
And it was amazing. And she goes, you have to feel this. And I put it on and I didn't take it off for seven days. And I wore it on stage in Boston, New York. I wore it during my whole set at the stand in New York, late night set after the Brooklyn show. <laughs> and, uh, and it was fucking amazing. And I didn't want to give it back. And my mom was so sweet. She was like, just take it. And I was like, I could wear this for two weeks in California and then it would just be taking up space in my closet and I know that you need it all winter and I hope it makes her very happy I went online to buy the coat in extra large in black QVC oversized coat is sold out so you can't you can get a similar coat in way worse colors <clears throat> but you can't get that coat last question dat Hungster says, any tips on preparing for big life changes? I might be moving to the otherwise of the planet next year. Well, I'd say brush up on your spelling, first and foreskin, to easily communicate to people on the other side of the planet. Regardless of what language you speak, you're going to want to know how to spell it correctly. And that's coming firsthand from someone with severe dyslexia. And that's my advice. And thank you so much for listening to the show. And I love you so much. I had such a great trip. Thank you guys for being the way you are. Go listen to Spell You Later. Come to the fucking Surrounded Show at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. 7.30 show is the early one. 9.45 is the late show. Buy tickets to the early show. Stay all night for the late show. You're eventually, I'm telling you, you're gonna wish that you came to this thing. If you have friends who don't know who the fuck I am or anywhere near the Los Angeles area, get on the horn and tell them to bring their whack asses to this show. Because you're not gonna want to miss it. It keeps getting better and better. And with any luck, it will continue until my dying breath. I love you so much. Welcome to our podcast, Anthony Fantano, forever. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. <laughs>